just like you, Jesus. I want to pray like you. want to love like you. I want to look like you, just like you, Jesus. Welcome to Magnified Word Broadcast with Bishop Chris Quinston Addo, a son of the prophet, Darkie Wood Mills. Teaching the nations with signs, wonders, and prophetic manifestations, He's currently the senior pastor of the Captain of Salvation Cathedral, Kaswa Nyinyano Kokraba. Now on today's message. After serving a glimpse into hell, I said it earlier, we are now going deeper. Christ died to save us from perishing in the lake of fire. Obinka, Amen. All through the Bible we are told that there is a place called hell. The lake of fire is the final destination for all who go to hell. A true story. A roommate in hell. I once heard a startling story of how the Lord Jesus appeared to an assemblies of God pastor in a vision and told him, I want you to become more evangelistic, so I'm going to take you to hell so you see how real it is. This pastor had known the Lord from his youth, but when he became a teenager, he backslid. And forsook God This backsliding Continued until he went to the university Where he rededicated His life to the Lord In fact he was so zealous that he left College and decided to go into the Bible school And into the ministry It was whilst he was A pastor that the Lord appeared to him One Sunday night To urge him to be more evangelistic During the vision The Lord took him to hell where he saw All the sights and sounds of hell He saw the weeping The gnashing and the wailing Of the lost He said If the Lord had not been with me I would have been really frightened Of what I saw in hell Suddenly there came across Someone in hell Whom he recognized This person was his second year roommate Was in college He exclaimed What are you doing here To his amazement his roommate said I was killed in an automobile accident on Friday. Remember that this vision took place on Sunday night. When he came out of the vision, he was so disturbed and wanted to call his mother and find out if she knew anything about his roommate. But it was too late to call. So he called his mother the following morning on Monday. After exchanging niceties with her, he asked, Mommy, have you heard from so and so, my roommate? His mother answered, I was going to tell you he was killed in a terrible car accident three days ago on Friday. The pastor could not believe his ears. He was in shock. It was real. Huh. He had actually seen his second year roommate in hell. He had actually seen the inside of the prison and his own friend and roommate in it. Dear friend, Hell is real and the people in hell know and remember how they died. They know when they died. They have experienced hell firsthand and found out that the Bible is true. The Bible contains the word of God. The Bible gives the only reliable information we have about hell. So what does the Bible say about hell? Number one, hell is a vast lake of burning brimstone. Number two, hell is a place of sorrows. Bible says in 2 Samuel 22, 6, The sorrows of hell compass me about. The snares of death. 
prevented me. Number three, hell is a place where you never die and where the suffering never ends. I want to share a story that the prophet gives to confirm and affirm this point, which says that in Mark 9, 43, 44, like I read earlier, and if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. The story is about a husband who thought he could end it all. The endlessness of hell is perhaps the most frightening aspect of all. I heard the true story of a Swiss lady suffering in the hospital from terminal cancer. Her husband visited her every day and watched his wife suffer and gradually deteriorate. His wife, who was constantly writhing in agony, desperately wanted to die. So one day he decided to end it all himself. Since he was a member of the Reserve Army of Switzerland, he went home, took his gun, went back to the hospital and shot his wife. Then he handed himself over to the police. He could not stand the suffering of his wife any longer. And so he decided to end it all. This gentleman was happy with the outcome because he knew he had ended his wife's suffering on this earth. As I thought of this story, I remembered what Jesus had said about a place where the suffering never ends. She will never, he will not be able to take a gun and end anything. The worm never dies and the heat is never lowered. And that takes me to chapter 8 of the book and we are gradually ending. So what is happening in hell? Something so terrible is happening in hell and that is worth giving up your arms, it's worth giving up your eyes and your legs in order to avoid going there. Hell is so difficult that you cannot even imagine the suffering that is experienced by those over there. I know of no place on earth that is worth giving up your arms or your eyes for. Perhaps there is no stronger description to help us comprehend the kind of place that hell must be. A place so terrible that you would gladly offer your eyes or your arms to escape from. Jesus said in Mark 9, 43 to 47, he said, And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. So once nebema it is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched if thy foot offend thee cut it off it is better for thee to enter into life halt than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. If your eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cursed. You are talking about hand. Your hand is precious to you. Your foot, your eyes. Anything that on this earth can let you not go to heaven. Jesus said, let, let it go. No matter how precious it is. What are some of the things that can easily not make us go to heaven? Uh-huh. Ah, Jesus is using the hand 
the foot, the eye to represent. Marriage? Yes. Your marriage would let you not go to heaven. How do you cut it off? Eh? If it means divorcing, which is not a good thing, but if divorce would save you from making it to heaven, you have to divorce. Rather than be in the thing and then die and go to hell with bitterness. What else? Hmm? Money. Money. How? So how do you cut it off? You give the money out and remain poor. I mean like if that's yeah. Jesus told somebody you should go and sell all that he had. And what did the man say? Jesus, when you're serious. But you see, it's not easy to cut. Can you look at your hand and cut it off? And your eye, and then you pluck it out. The hand represents the work of your hands. So anything that has to do with the work of your hands, that can easily let you not go to heaven, cut it off. The foot represents where you go. Your movements in life. If it will take you to hell, stop it. The eyes represent your vision. What you are thinking as your dream, your vision. If it will take you to hell, don't go there. There are some businesses you don't have to enter into. There are some places you don't have to work. Is it easy to work at the hotel? Is it easy to work at the drinking spot? If even that's the only job that you have, is it easy to be a prostitute? I'm not getting an answer. Is it easy to be a prostitute? I met a lady for a convention somewhere, and after the convention, the lady came. I mean, after administration, all that. The lady, beautiful lady, she wanted to come talk to me. So I was sitting in the church. She came to sit down. And people were sitting, talking to me. It got to her turn, and then she said. She, she wants to talk to me. She doesn't want anybody to hear. <laughs> I said, oh. So we turned a little. And she started telling me that she's a prostitute. I said, how old are you? She says, 22. Hey. She didn't look 22. And she says she has one child. And it's a rich man. They mentioned a rich man's name. Who put her into this state? The baby is for the rich man, but the rich man doesn't take care of her. So the only way she can survive is to do what she's doing. But anytime she comes to church, she hears preaching that that's something. Even as me, as a visiting minister, I came, I spoke straight to her. So what should she do? I told the pastor, for about one year I was supporting her, till I realized that she didn't want to change. So I stopped the support. Well, the idea was, okay, are you willing to change? Yes. So if you have a support, will you up to a point, then you get the water? But we realized that she didn't want to change. I said, no. This one. But if it is prostitution, that will take you to hell. 
So it's not an easy statement. So it's not an easy statement. May God give all of us meanings. Amen. I know of no place on earth that is worth giving up your arms on your eyes. Perhaps there is no stronger description to help us comprehend the kind of place that hell must be. A place so terrible that will gladly offer your eyes or your arms to escape from. <sighs> Number two, what is happening in hell? Millions of people are bound in chains in the vast, dark, misty, scary dungeons of the underworld. Bible says in Second Peter chapter 2 verse 4, if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. To be found for a few hours is a hard enough experience. I cannot fathom what it must be like to be bound forever in chains of darkness. <sighs> Number three, what is happening in hell? People are burning alive in the lake of fire. They are not dying and they are not being extinguished. Rather, they are continually Living in the fire, the heat, the darkness of hell. Wow. You will not drown in the lake. Neither will you be burnt to ashes. You will be alive whilst in this fire. This is not comparable to death by firing squad. Or drowning. Or hanging. Or poisoning. Or even electrocution. No. In all these cases, death comes after a few minutes. But the hell horrors of the execution scene will pass away quickly whilst you are transported into another world. However, in this lake of fire, you will be alive whilst you are being bent and drowned. Meanwhile, you will never fully drown or fully get bent. You will be inside that and you are just burning for life. And the sad thing is that sometimes God will give you a, a, a vision of what's happening on the other side. Like I was saying, so hell is a transit point to the lake of fire. In the same way, heaven is also a transit point to New Jerusalem. Revelation chapter 20, verse 15. Verse 15 is in also. Verse 15. 2015. Look at it. What's the next verse after that? It takes us to 21.1. It says that, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth, which is this earth we are on, were passed away and there was no more sea. Next verse. Verse 2. And I, John, saw the holy city called the new Jerusalem, which is the new earth, coming down from God out of heaven, out of the new heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. It is the new earth would come out of the new heaven. Next verse. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them. And be their God. Verse 4. 
And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Right, for these words are true and faithful. So, there will be heaven, there will be earth, but not this heaven we are seeing. Not this heaven where God is. All will pass away. There will be the new heaven God has created already. And there's new earth that God has also created already. When everything is over, then he said, now all those whose names are in the book of life, come to me. And all those whose names are not in the book of life, go to the lake of fire. And then, God will say, now, ooh, new heaven. And he'll be there. And then he'll say, okay, now, I want you guys to be on the new earth, which is called the new Jerusalem. And then you'll see, and it'll come out of him. And it'll come and settle on a place that I don't know. <laughs> and it will be connected to the new heaven. When you go further, it will explain that you can easily walk to heaven. Having people can walk to, so we can just walk and go and come. And then in the middle of that new Jerusalem will be a new river with trees and animals, nice animals. Everything is nice. There shall be no more death. That's the new life that we are going to live. <laughs> are you clapping for me or are you clapping for God? <laughs> Clap for God. <laughs> God and his world though. So, investments are investing more in heaven. Because, then we are concentrating on something you are going to lose. Are you not a fool? If you go to school and you are going to pass your exam, then you put the exam, the reason why you went to school, you put it aside and you are doing something that will not help your, your, your schooling. You are into sports or entertainment. And then you are, you are a dancer, the best dancer in school. And so what? How does that affect your YC exams? That's how most of us are. But you see, if you are learning and then you are adding small dancing, that is different because you know that Charlie, I have learned and I'm adding small dancing. But you, you have put your knee there aside and you are concentrating on something. Ooh. Number four. What is happening in hell? Hell is receiving new admissions every day but does not seem to be getting full. The lake of fire will never be full because the Bible says that hell is never full. In Proverbs 27:20, hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of man are never satisfied. There's a space for you in hell if you stubbornly refuse gospel salvation through Christ. Number five, what is happening in hell? There are huge expansion projects taking place in hell. Hell is expanding. Hell is enlarging. In Isaiah 5.14, Bible says that, Therefore, hell enlargeth herself. You see here, it describes hell as a person. Enlargeth herself and opened her mouth without measure. And their glory and their multitude and their pomp and he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. 
because the majority of people are on the Broadway, there are endless numbers of people heading towards hell. The lake of fire is being expanded also because more and more people are rejecting God in their pride. Multitudes await the good news of Jesus Christ in the corners of the earth whilst we celebrate over nothing in our big city churches. And that is why it takes us to the last chapter which is the reason why I decided to teach this thing that we must all not lose focus of the fact that we are being saved to save. Because one day we all stand before him our Lord Jesus and say that as for you this church what did you do? how did you help save others? you're always busy thinking about your yourself, thinking about your money thinking about your work, thinking about your school thinking about your marriage thinking about, but you didn't think about others and it won't be easy for us because of that you can easily be in heaven but you'll not be at the place where people are enjoying because of that we can easily even not go to heaven because you were wicked. So it is our responsibility to be used by God to save others. And that takes us to the last chapter, which is how the blood of Jesus can save you from hell. Or save your brother, save your sister, save your colleague, save your friend, save that neighbor from hell. Number one, the blood of Jesus has the supernatural power to save you from the I want every every point that I read for you to come for Jesus. The blood of Jesus has supernatural power to save you from the consequences of your sin. Wow. Wow. First Peter chapter one verse eighteen and nineteen. Bible say, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver or gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So we're saved. We know how bad some of us have been and still are. You know. How many have been very, 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 very bad? Lift up your hand, let me see. Why are you bad? Amen. Bad, you bad, I mean, some of you are professional bad. It's like, at the age of 13, I'm starting. Some of you started even being bad at the age of 8. And you have been bad for the past 12 years. Things that we have been involved with. Look, if could policeman change you? The bad that you were, could a policeman change you? Could your parents change you? Some of us, our parents didn't know what we were doing and still don't know what you are doing. They see you as an angel Maria. But you are, you are, you are, you are into things. You have had sex with different kinds of people. But it doesn't look on your face. Hey, some of the faces that don't look it are the it. 
the stealings that you have stolen. That you because only in anything you do. But we nobody could change us. But the day you heard about Christ and you heard our born again, and then somehow something did something your heart, and then you just literally gave your life to Christ. And then now since then, who has brought you here? You have chosen to come. There's something that has been working on us right now. We have become sweet and nice. That thing is started by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus that we can't see, but has the power to control us, to save us. I tell you, it's mysterious. Very, very mysterious. I once knew somebody who was dying in the hospital and needed blood so that he could be saved. I got involved and went to the blood bank myself. When I entered the bank, I saw blood in packets lying all over the place. There was some blood on the table and there was also blood in the fridge. I looked into the fridge myself and saw several shelves laden with blood. But there was a problem. They did not have the right blood for my friend. My friend's blood was a rare type. Sorry, we don't have the type of blood that you need, they said. What do you mean by that? Is this animal blood? Is it the blood of goats or the blood of bulls? We don't have goat blood here, they exclaimed. Goat's blood does not go with human blood. Your friend needs a special type of human blood which we do not have. So then I asked about the blood on the table. They said, this blood has expired. It cannot be used anymore. Ah, what do you mean by expired? I asked. And they said, it is too old. It has lost its power. Wow. I thought to myself, then the blood of Jesus is really powerful oh, to have lasted for more than 2,000 years without losing his power that night I realized how true it was that there were different kinds of blood, there were many kinds of blood but none of them was appropriate that night I realized that all the blood in the bank could not save my friend it was simply not the right kind of blood, it was either expired blood or the wrong kind of blood I began to make calls to other hospitals to see if I could find some appropriate blood for my friend you see, dear brother, dear sister, the blood of bulls, goats could never have the power to save you from your sins. Only the blood of the sinless Lamb of God has the power to wash away our sins. This is why we sing about the blood of Jesus. This is why we sing there is power, there is power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Stand to your feet and clap and make some noise to the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah! 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 Mm. God bless you. Please take your seat. This is why we also sing that the blood will never lose its power. The blood of Jesus will last forever. It is eternal blood and it will always have the power to wash away our sins. One day I visited a high security prison in Africa. I was slated to preach to the inmates on death row that morning. Everybody in the section I went to was condemned to death. I was met at the sectional gate of that prison by a Bible-wielding gentleman who introduced himself as the leader of the fellowship. He looked and sounded like any ordinary pastor you would meet in a church. And so I asked him who he was. And he said, 
I'm the leader of the fellowship in the condemned cells. I was amazed at that. I was amazed that such a spiritual Bible-wielding person would be in this place. So I gathered courage and asked him, what did you do that brought you to this prison? He smiled sheepishly at me and said, hmm, it was murder. Murder. Everyone in this section has been convicted of murder. I was silent for a while and wondered how such a nice person could kill anyone. Then I asked him, who did you kill? And he said, I killed my son. Messy. I thought, how awful. I arrived at a meeting place and I looked at the congregation. The hall was filled with sincere looking men who were praying earnestly to God. Suddenly, I was gripped with a strong desire to set them free. I felt in my heart that these were good people who had repented of their mistakes. And so I wanted to rush to the main gate and command that the prisoners be set free. It was then that I realized that I had no power to set these men free from prison. No matter what I thought and no matter how much money I had, it would take a very, very high power to get them out of jail. I thought of how difficult it would be to get a presidential pardon for the entire fellowship of medrest that attended my service. They were in there for life and most of them would have to while away their time on earth in that prison. That's when I realized how powerful the blood of Jesus was. We were bound in the devil's chains. We were drowning in our own sins. We were guilty of all the charges. We were headed for hell. What could change our destiny? What could get us out of eternal prison? Only something extremely powerful could work out deliverance for you and me. After all, we are clearly guilty and there is no argument about that. The powerful thing with the ability to free us from our well-deserved prison is the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus is the only thing with that kind of power. That is why we sing the song, What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing by the blood of Jesus. What has the power to save us from our wretched existence as prisoners? The King James Bible calls our wretched existence our vain conversation. Clap for Jesus, my brother, my sister. Number two, as we are closing, the blood of Jesus has the supernatural power to prevent death. Leviticus 17, 11, Bible says that for the life of the flesh is in the blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. And I've given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. The blood of Jesus has within it a supernatural ability to prevent death. The blood of Jesus has within it a supernatural ability to prevent you from going to hell. Because the life is in the blood. The absence of life-giving blood causes death. Medical that any part of the human body that is deprived of blood dies. For instance, sections of the brain tissue die when the blood supply to that section is blocked. And this is what we call a stroke. Sections of the world are condemned to death when the blood of Jesus is stopped from flowing there. Entire regions of the world are condemned to death and hell because no evangelist or evangelism goes there. Life will come to many people when they receive 
the blood of Jesus. Years ago, I was in a consulting room of the hospital when I worked, where I worked, and my professor called me in to see a man whose leg was dead. The man's leg had turned black and cold because the blood supply to the leg had been cut off in an accident. And this was the first time I had seen anything like that. I did not know that a section of the blood of the body could actually die and still be attached to the body. This man was in danger of developing gangrene in the dead leg, which would spread and kill him quickly. And so he had to have his leg amputated because the blood had stopped flowing to it. Just as the blood was prevented from flowing into a section of the man's body, the blood of Jesus is prevented from flowing to some sections of the world. These sections of the world are dominated by evil religions, which put men in captivity and lead them to hell. And that is why I am a preacher, to make the blood of Jesus avail for the souls of this world. I preach so that the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice of the cross will not be wasted. What praises we shall sing because of the great gift of salvation that we have through the blood of Jesus. Clap for Jesus. That is why as a church we must go out and preach. That's why we must win souls. That's why we must take our time to explain. You may wonder why I'm doing this. I have been instructed by the Lord Jesus. That in these last days, a lot of Christians don't know the basics. So why don't we do this as a church? Why don't we have this discussion? And we are going to go even deeper. And then we talk. And then we learn. So that the few opportunities are... Some people are even asking questions. But when they come to ask, some of us Christians, we don't know what to say. But the thing that we are learning, at least will give us something to be able to help, to explain to them. And tell them about Jesus. Clap for the Lord. Number three. The blood of Jesus has supernatural power to bring you back from the dead. Bible says in Hebrews 13.20 Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. The scripture here teaches us that the blood of Jesus is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. The blood of Jesus has the power to raise the dead. It is the only power that could raise Jesus Christ out of the grave. It is by this same power of the blood that you will be raised from the dead. Obinka, Amen. You will die, but you will not remain dead because of the power of the blood of Jesus. For example, there was this man who vomited his life away. Blood has the power to bring back from the dead. Even natural blood does that. That is why there are blood banks. These banks store blood so that blood can be accessed quickly in emergencies to bring people to life. One night, Bishop Dag said, I was on duty at the emergency ward when a young man was brought to the hospital. This gentleman had an unusual problem in which he was vomiting blood. He retched and vomited all night long. Each time he vomited, it was bright red blood which came out. He never vomited a single muscle of food. His stomach was empty and he was bringing out pure blood. By 2 a.m., his condition began to deteriorate and I had to get blood for him. I walked to and fro from the blood bank that night, 
fetch him blood for this man. I was trying to bring him back from the dead. It was a race for life. By the morning, the space around his bed was covered with bright red blood because he had vomited all around him all night long. Sad to say, in the end, we were unable to prevent him from going to the grave because he had brought out more blood than we were able to replace. The race that night was a race to get as much blood to the man quickly enough. Only the blood could prevent the man from dying and going to the grave. Indeed, the race today is the race to get the blood of Jesus to as many places as possible quickly enough. And only the blood of Jesus can prevent people from dying and going to hell. And that is why the Healing Jesus Crusade is stretching hard to take them. COVID-19 is Satan's ploy to stop the evangelism from reaching other nations. And that is why you and I must support the Healing Jesus campaign. And that is why we are broken ourselves into regions so that now we can even go down, down there and make an impact. Let us not forget, this is why we have been called. This is why we have been saved. Just talking to somebody about Jesus. Don't even imagine much. Just tell them how Jesus loves them. And then show them that that is why Jesus came to shed his blood for them. And let's see what God will do as you tell them about Jesus. He is expecting us to take the blood to everyone. Number four, the blood of Jesus has the supernatural ability to open the gates of hell. Bible says in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 and 10 and 13 and 14, Bible says that after this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude. Somebody say a great multitude. He said, and behold, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And one of the elders answered saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, Thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Whether Chinese, whether um, Americans, whether Kenyans, whether Ghanaians, Nigerians, whether Airways, whether uh, Asantis, all of us who have been born again, we were standing before him, Jesus Christ, sitting on the throne. And what had made all of us stand before him in white was the blood of Jesus. So it is the blood that has brought you and me to meet. It's the blood. It's the blood that brings us all together to be part of God's family. Indeed, one of the wonders of heaven is about how people like us could get into a place like heaven. How did we escape the prison we deserve to go? How did we get out of the company of murderers and fellow fornicators? We weave out our way of the sentence of death against us. How did we avoid the verdict of hell? Who do we know who made a way for us to come to heaven? 
which important person chipped in a word on our behalf? So what are, what are people like us doing in heaven? These are questions that the angels are asking. Where are our dirty clothes and filthy rags? How come we are dressed in white? Is this not a company of thieves, company of murderers and evildoers? How come they are singing hymns here? How did people who hardly went to church manage to come to heaven? Are they here on a visit? Are they going to be here forever? But one of the elders has the answer. One of the elders explains that the multitudes have been able to come to heaven by washing their robes in the blood of the Lamb. Clap for Jesus. One day, a great man of God visited our country. After the program, thousands of people thronged him. And a large security force had to help the man of God enter the waiting limousine. Everyone wanted to get a glimpse of the man of God or to touch the hem of his garment. Eventually, this man was waxed away by the driver and the host bishop. Sitting in front of the car, was one extra person and who was this extra person and how did he get to be in the car when thousands of people just wanted to get a glimpse of this man of God so who was this fourth man in the car it was no other person than yours truly myself Bishop Dagwood Mills people always wondered how I got into such a privileged position how did I enter the anointed car I had the right of a lifetime as well as a most important time of fellowship and impartation of the Holy Spirit. It was a momentous occasion for me and I received a great anointing for one of God's generals just two weeks before he died. People asked, how did you get into such a privileged and holy spot? That's my secret. (laughs) Perhaps another question to ask is, how did someone like you get into a church? How did someone like you become a minister of the gospel? What on earth is someone like you doing in a holy place? The only explanation that can be given for you and I to go to a place like heaven will be the blood of Jesus. This incredibly great privilege is given to us by the blood of Jesus. One day I hope to stand in heaven. Like everybody else, I will be asked why the gates of heaven should be open to me. I do not hope to enter heaven because I was a pastor or because I preach to large crowds, but I hope to enter the gates of heaven for the same reason as everybody else, which is the blood of Jesus. It is the blood of Jesus that we depend on for the opening of heaven's gates. Clap for Jesus. And finally, the blood of Jesus has the supernatural power to overcome the devil. In Revelation chapter 12 verse 11, Bible says that And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. The blood of Jesus has power. Through the blood of Jesus you will gain superiority over the devil and you will defeat him. Through the blood of Jesus you will win all the battles of life and ministry. Through the blood of Jesus you will deal with all the demonic problems of this world. It is time to overpower and overwhelm the devil 
through the powerful and precious everlasting blood of Jesus. Obinka, amen. We live in a world dominated by an evil spirit of pride, rebellion, and wickedness. This evil spirit is assisted by thousands of demons with the same evil character. All the struggles of our lives are related to the presence of evil spirits in the atmosphere. The atmosphere in different parts of the country and different parts of the world are determined by these evil spirits. The scripture has good news for us. We can overcome the devil and his courts. We have been told exactly how we will overcome the devil and that is through the blood of Jesus. May the Lord make us believe more in his blood and may we use the blood to even wage war to the end when we shall be called home. In Jesus name. And somebody say Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet and clap for Jesus. In all honor to the Lord Jesus and showing us mercy. Clap for him and thank him for the blood. The blood. The blood. Oh the blood of Jesus. Oh the blood of Jesus. Oh, oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes white as snow. Sing it again, oh, the blood, oh, the blood of Jesus, oh, oh, the
to make it to heaven and not to hell. Grant all of us the ability and the grace to live for you even to the day that you call us home. We thank you for all that you've done, what you're doing and what you're about to do in Jesus mighty name. And God's people say Amen. For listening to this powerful message, for prayers and counseling, contact the following numbers 0273 240 449, 0540 77 49 41. Stay blessed.